Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Millennial Mirrors, a discussion on millennial life in the Middle East. So this week's episode is a flip side of last week's, where we spoke about what it means to be a man in the Middle East. This week we're talking about what it means to be a woman, and I got a couple of amazing women here to talk about it, uh, Elisa and Sheikha, and I think the conversation turned out to be pretty interesting. They definitely got along, which was fun to see, and uh, yeah, check it out. This episode is sponsored by Carriage, a great app for ordering what you need in a super convenient way, with no minimum orders. You could literally just order a cup of coffee. I don't know why I'm so nervous. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. I'm nervous either. There's too, many, there's too much pheromones in here. There's so, so much feminine power happening right no, now. No, it's just like yeah. I've never felt like so uncomfortable talking about topics. <laughs> really? <laughs> why? Why? Like, and I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like I have no business having this conversation. <laughs> but you're raising it, so yeah. good for right, you. Let's do it. I don't understand why you think you have no business. I don't know, I guess. There right. shouldn't be taboo topics. Okay, guys, so welcome to the podcast. Um, for people who are listening, can we just get a quick introduction on both of you? Yeah, uh, my name is Elisa Freja. I'm the founder of a company called Womina, which mm-hmm. is a women empowerment platform here in the UAE. We do a lot of creative content around women and women entrepreneurship in the region. And we have an accelerator that takes women entrepreneurs across the world in a four-month program. Amazing. Yeah. And Sheikha? Um, my name is Sheikha Qasimi. I'm the owner of Platform Fitness Gym, and I'm, I'm a CrossFit coach and athlete. Amazing. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to be here today. Yeah, she's such yeah. a boss. I'm looking at her, I'm like, wow. <laughs> You're a boss. I'm, in, I'm, I'm like, loving girl, your hair. I need to hit the gym. I'm like, she's a CrossFit athlete. That's like her profession, and she wants to wow. She messaged me, she's like, uh, I'm just finishing up a workout and coming up. I'm like, damn. <laughs> she's got her priorities right. Like, I woke up this morning, I'm like, I should go to the gym. I'm like, no, I've got a recording session in 10 hours. I need to prep. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've gotten past that point where I don't even, like, lie to myself being like, uh, I should go to the gym. Somebody else tells me, you should go to the gym. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen. Yeah. Soon enough. So sure. let's start the conversation, I guess, general, and then mm-hmm. we can kind of go a bit more specific. Um, so... As women in the Middle East, I guess, what are some of the general stereotypes that you feel are still very heavily existent uh, in the region? For That's a long list, bro. You want to <laughs> <laughs> Hit me you want with your top three. <laughs> main one, main one. I'll yeah. tell you what's the main one. Um, when are you getting married? Ah, yeah. When are you having kids? Ooh, that's your first yeah. one. And it's like, your clock is ticking. Hello, you're 30. Yeah, 30's you expired, know? 30, by the way. Yeah, you're expired. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I dodged that bullet. No, I'm not against marriage. It's yeah. just like, why Why do you have to pressure it when it, maybe it's not the right time? Maybe I'm focusing mm. on my career. Maybe I'm focusing on myself. How am I supposed to get married and, you know, uh, have, have put my attention on one person and then get pregnant and have a baby and put my attention on two people? And then there's housemaids and the house and the cats and the dogs and... I mean, focus on yourself first, right? Yeah, 100%. I think my dad's always been so focused on me getting married as soon as possible. For the record, I'm 29 as of this recording. Okay. Um, (laughs) But it's interesting because I have a business and he's the most supportive person about me growing as an entrepreneur but at the same time he's like okay great that's fantastic this is what your life is but can you get married now and have babies I'm like how do you expect me to do both yeah and don't you want me to just focus on being the best person that I can possibly be and if the family comes into play at some point in my life then it will yeah so do you feel like wife and mother are kind of like the big 
that, stereotypical roles that are still pushed. Yes, like you have to be that. That is your purpose pur- <laughs> purpose on earth. Purpose. Like this is why you are here. And I think I always tell my mom, like my grandmother's generation and before that, it was very different. We mm. are in a world where we're surrounded by diversity. We have careers. We have creativity. Um, we focus so much on ourselves, on, I don't know, self-development. It's just, right. it's different. We're in different times and it's just the ev- evolution of humanity. You know, we, yeah. everything evolves. But it's funny that that's the only thing that's not evolving. <laughs> like, <laughs> Their perceptions are evolving. Change it. <laughs> What's funny is uh, when you said, what are the main stereotypical roles for women? I mm. think for me, it didn't even... It wasn't necessarily what a role is in terms of what we're supposed to do, but the yeah. idea of how we are, like mm. what is the woman's role and how a woman should act. And the first thing that came to my mind was like the conservative culture that we're brought up in and the right. idea that you have to be respectful and you have to represent your family and you have to represent womanhood. And especially in the GCC, women are expected to be very graceful feminine. and feminine mm. oh, and yes. calm. <laughs> and I am none of those things. Oh, preach, <laughs> sister, preach. Yeah, I'm none of that. And I, I remember when I when I first started um, like expressing myself more on Instagram, all right. the backlash was like, oh, you're so manly and tidifshe, like you're so vulgar, you're so aggressive. And I'm like, but this is me. Like, this is just my personality. It doesn't make me vulgar or aggressive. Right. Maybe to you it is, but I seem normal to other people, to right. some people that don't have that like idea of how a woman should be. There's like this criteria and standard that women should always be that Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's always being pushed further and further and further and further it's like no you shouldn't be only feminine you have to be feminine and this and this and this and they pile it all up and it's like when is it gonna end like how how can we reach that pinnacle of standard to be okay and accepted you know I have no idea how people do it because add to it like the expectations of our physical appearance. Like, I have right. never seen more well-groomed women on the planet <laughs> yes. than, the, than Arabs and, and Middle Easterners. It's yeah. like hair extensions and hair color and eyebrows Eyelash. and shaping and eyelash extensions and lip plumpers and makeup on point, like, for breakfast. Yeah. How do you wake up early enough to do an hour makeup and a full smoky eye yeah. before <laughs> you've had some coffee? I don't yeah. understand how that's possible. Then nails and heels and jewelry. And it's not normal, like fun costume jewelry it's like elegant nice fine jewelry because they're fine women and they're fine yeah, in how they yeah. act and they move and they're so delicate and like I, I i came to the uae and i was surrounded with women like this and i was like wow i i will never be them yeah, yeah. i don't and know how I think i'm supposed to do that that it's crazy and when i when i grew up it was very different with us uh, me and my sisters we weren't brought up to this materialistic um life and this materialistic culture and i think a lot of what dubai is is that materialistic culture no mm. offense but i am offending uh, <laughs> when you're driving on sheikh zayed road like how many how many ads do you pass by that's like prada and gucci and makita and masika and malala and and, and that and then you spend money here you spend money there and i remember going to university uh, going to school mm. in high school I was 15. The girls in my class were 15 and 16 and they're carrying Dior bags. I had no idea what Dior was. Right. And thank God for that. Right. I was reading books. I was listening to music. I was watching TV. I was educating myself. I feel like that all that materialistic stuff, all that like 
they're just spending the money on just things that don't really have much true value. Like to me personally, it's not true value. I think I opened up my mind and Mm -hmm. I and being more accepting and it's a year of tolerance, you know, and it's I didn't feel like I judged people for what they wear, how they looked. But when I go out and with my sister and we're not dressed up in everything that she mentioned, I swear we're like, and I, I tell my sister, like sometimes we we show up in like the Hamptons and we just walk in and it's like all the women just like turn around and they stare and they're like, okay, what is she wearing? And it's like this digital thing that I can yeah. imagine. It's like, how much is she spent on her hair and her makeup and her jewelry and her shoes and her bag? Oh, she is not worthy. And then they just look back and look away and they're like, okay, we're not going to give her the time of day. You know, it's crazy. And I don't yeah. notice that. I know it because uh, see it's different though. Oh my god! Because I feel like you, if you if you were if you've grown up in the Gulf, yeah, you yeah. clock that in a second. No, like, but I mean, like I at least I grew up coming to the GCC or to the UAE like mm-hmm. four times a year. Okay, since birth. Yeah. Okay. So my dad's Emirati, by the way. It's oh, okay. Surprise. Oh, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> no, see, I did my research, so I knew. But like, <laughs> no, no. But so, but to me, it's like I don't even. I don't even care. I think right. for for me, less than the materialistic um, financial side of it, it's more about appearance, like how a woman is supposed to look mm-hmm. with her lashes are supposed to be long. So her where do you think that all stems are, from? Uh-huh, the concept yeah, yeah. of, I guess, the concept of femininity that's instilled, I guess, it, to, to a certain extent from a very young age because like it's from high school or middle school nowadays. Where do you think all that concept of femininity of, you know, all this primping and and getting ready and stuff like that at what point is that instilled and where is it coming from yeah that's not even middle school honey that's like the second you're out of the womb you start with the hair bands and the pierced ears and you as a woman regardless of the culture that you're in you Mm -hmm. have these perceptions of femininity that are programmed into you over and over again whether you're watching a disney movie or whether you're reading a book about a princess somewhere um and it's just it's it's part of culture of what is a woman and that mm-hmm. everybody is told that you as a man are reinforced with what femininity femininity <laughs> that's gonna be a hard word for us guys. femininity, femininity. <laughs> so then let's 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 take the concept of I, w- I, w- I was gonna okay. say i was gonna okay. say it's thousands of years of conditioning right it's programmed it's programmed into our genetics and i think my mother the mother before her the mother before her Whatever concept of what a woman is or uh, the beauty, let's say beauty, for example. When I was young, um, I hated my teeth mm-hmm. because my fruit, front two teeth, there was a gap in between. And I was told that the, that is a sign of beauty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so I'm beautiful because I have space between my teeth. Like, what are you t- what are you saying? <laughs> and then like 10 years <laughs> and then 10 years later, there's models on posters with gap between their teeth. And suddenly women want gap between their teeth. Yeah. Right. Laura Stone. Right. Was a very yeah. famous supermodel with a gap yeah. between her teeth. And then and so is a beauty mark. And so is the size of your teeth. If your size, if your teeth are the size of pearls then you are beautiful, if you have um if you have hair between your eyebrows and that's you know it's just stuff like that that people one person said it's beautiful it's a sign of beauty and then a tribe followed and then it's been just programmed throughout the generations so if you were to split the concept of being a woman and what it is to be a woman and and femininity how would you split it for you personally for me yeah what does it mean to be a woman if you're going to remove all that like programmed i guess stuff 
<laughs> Take your time. Like, um, what is it to be a woman? Just honestly, confident and comfortable and happy and content in my essence and my own skin, whatever I am. But so if a, if a man is confident in his own skin, that makes him a woman? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying woman that what make that's what makes I don't know that, that's what makes me a woman I don't know I don't yeah. honestly no, I mean there's no right or wrong you know, answer it was just a you know, I didn't you okay personally. I know men and women the only thing that separates them is uh genetics that's yeah. it full stop nothing else yeah. the way that we think is different the way that they the way that our hormones are it's different the way that our bodies look is completely different that's the only thing that separates us right. other than that Feminine, masculine, all of that, that's all created. That's right. all created by man. Like right. somebody said, that is feminine energy, that is masculine energy, mm-hmm. but everybody has both. And I think whatever balance you are, yeah. that is the essence of who you are. And yeah. once mm-hmm. you are comfortable and you love yourself for that, of being that in alignment of whatever balance and harmony you are, that is what you are. And I don't say like, I'm a woman and I'm a feminist and I'm a power. I empower women, but... I mean, I empower men too. Yeah. Why not? You know? Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to be freaking parade over that. You don't want to be sexist. Why do you want just that was epic. Yeah. You don't want to separate. Yeah. Because that's what started everything, right? You don't right. want conflict. What raises conflict? Fear. Yeah. What do people fear? That a man is more powerful than a woman or a man is more powerful than a woman. Did I say that? Or no, a woman, or is, a woman is more powerful uh, than a man. Yeah. Is more, yeah, see? I got so much into it. A woman is more powerful than a man, or yeah. a man is more powerful than a woman. And when this power arises, that creates fear, that creates conflict, and then that's what starts the separation between feminine, masculine, man, woman. You know, yeah, gender, it's so binary. gender like, equality. Why? Why do you want to highlight gender equality? We are human equality. We're human. Right. Why do you want to separate us into continuously in labels and sections? Right. And we are all one. We are all creations of one. Look, I'm totally on one. your mind, but this is where I cut in on the okay. gender equality thing. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, look, I, I understand the whole gender equality thing. You want to be, you want to have the same rights as men, right? It's more But, about... It's the same reason that people fight against the Black Lives Matter movement. Like, yeah. they say, oh, it's not Black Lives Matter, it's All Lives Matter. But, like, obviously, All Lives Matter. Obviously, it's about one humankind and and yeah. everybody on the planet, regardless of gender or binary or whatever, being on the same page and having equal opportunity. Yeah. But even if that's the end goal, we need to work on gender equality, meaning that there's 50% of the population that is born of a different gender Yeah. And they are continuously disrespected, they're disenfranchised, and they're not given the same opportunities. Yeah. And so you need to focus on something like gender equality yeah. or racial equality, equality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever, uh, uh, financial equality, mm-hmm. to yeah. be able to identify these are the issues wherein there is inequality and yeah. where we want to put our focus to create yeah, yeah, balance. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Okay. So, <laughs> but hashtag you know Black Lives Matter hashtag All Lives Matter. I'm yeah, totally yeah, on yeah. the same page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it literally is identifying yeah, that yeah. like, hey, we matter This too. exists, yeah. and yeah. we need to ha- focus on that and pay attention to it. Yeah. yeah, I get it. So you mentioned about like I think when does it start or things like that. And so here's a question: In your opinion, how are girls raised differently than boys in the Middle East? Don't play outside. Don't get dirty. 
Yeah, don't That's play what, dirty is a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what my mom used to tell me when I was growing up. Don't play with the boys. I'm like, but mom, I don't like Barbies. I like machine guns and cars. <laughs> She's like, stop. I always wanted the Hot Wheels like, at McDonald's. Yeah, you know, yeah, the little same. Hot toys. I thought like, when are so you going to grow cool. up? When are you going to be a girl? And I'm like, but what is a girl? I didn't understand yeah. it because I grew up with my brother Khalid. And yes, I had, there was two years difference between me and my younger sister. Mm-hmm. But growing up, I just felt more compelled to play. Right. And I felt like I wanted to play with the car. Like I got that. Like that is what drew me to fun. You know, not playing with little Barbies, not like obsessing over. And don't get me wrong. I love Disney movies, but Mm -hmm. I didn't obsess over them. I enjoyed it. I had fun. But I feel like every time I was with the boys, it was just like, I felt like that's where my element was. And I always cut my hair short and I loved wearing boy shorts and T-shirts. And then my mom would force me in a dress and be like, okay, I like it. Um, But (laughs) Is that your accent when you're a baby? Yeah, probably. I think so. I like it, mama. Thank you. Um... (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, but why don't you let girls just, you know, explore? Because you don't know. We have, do you know about the um, the two sisters that are now... Um, Salt. They, they driver. They're, oh, race car should, drivers. They're race car drivers, the Emiratis. They're, what's Tell her? me more. Khalid Al-Gabesi's daughters. Okay. Yeah, Alhamda. And I'm so sorry, babe, I forgot your name. Funny how you're uh, relating them to their father. In yeah, order because to find their identity. <laughs> because uh, I, we actually, his, his, her, her father followed me on, in, on, um, on Facebook. And that's how I find, found them. And I was like, oh, wow, his daughters actually race cars. I grew up dreaming about that. And uh, yeah, and I grew up dreaming about that. And here in 2018 these two girls i know it's 2019 but that's when i started seeing them like mm-hmm. blossom um they they're racing that is insane that is awesome yeah. like for arab women yeah mm-hmm. like there's a can- there's an amazing racer called uh, rima jafali do you know her no I'm she's never- saudi arabian wow millennial also you should totally wow. have her on her show okay. but she became or moved sorry she moved into a professional formula one like track for her career um the same year that women were given the rights to drive in saudi arabia yeah do you feel like the wear dress don't get dirty all that kind of stuff comes more from the mom side or from the uh, from the dad side moms i get i get well my mom's american Oh, yeah. My so mom she's was like, like, oh, be a Girl Scout, like go outside, like ripped shorts and have fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think... Uh, it's to, the culture, I think. Mm-hmm. It's the, the culture cultural overall. influence, yeah. And to that point, I don't, to me, the biggest element that girls are raised differently to men is mm-hmm. girls are groomed from an early age to eventually get married. Right. And have, I, will, I was always asked, who are you going to marry? Or, Baba, you want to marry someone like your father or mm-hmm. like your brother? Or... Yeah, yeah. One of my dad's friends comes in and they're like, you love him so much, you're going to marry him one day. Like all these things of raising girls to understand that one day your life is moving up to this moment of marriage. And let's be honest, in the Middle East, it's like you're born and then the biggest day of your life is your marriage. It's not any other achievement. The next next achievement is children. Because then your first child and then the cycle continues. But my brother never got that. Right. My yeah. brother, it was understood that he could be 35, he could be 40, he could be 50 and unmarried, and that's fine. Eventually, yeah. he will he'll settle married. down whenever yeah. he feels like it. But it's not even the idea of being married. It's just whenever he wants to have kids, he'll yeah. do that. But a woman doesn't get that choice, and she doesn't have that narrative put into her head. And right. that's the biggest difference is we yeah. always are told to associate our futures to align with somebody else's that right. will validate it. That makes sense. Okay, 
We're going to take a quick break and be back for more with Elisa and Sheikha. Be right back, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Carriage UAE, where you can get everything from food to groceries and even pet supplies. As someone who orders pretty much everything, I pay a lot in delivery charges every month. But now you can sign up for Carriage Black for 20 dirhams a month and get unlimited free deliveries which saves me a bunch of money so I can order even more stuff. If you haven't tried it out yet, go to your app store and download the Carriage app. Check out the episode description of this podcast for more info. And we're back with Sheikha and Elisa. Welcome back, guys. Thank you. So we were talking about <laughs> Quick how... Quick break. Went yeah. to smash the patriarchy. <laughs> it's crushed. So we were talking about kind of how boys are raised differently than uh, women. And... Um, so I guess let's kind of jump into, Sheikha, what you do professionally. Like you're a crossfeet, cross, crossfeet? Crossfeet. Cross <laughs> I wish it was that easy. Just crossing feet. Hey. Crossfit cross athlete. Cross athlete. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you face a lot of pushback? Because you're also on social media a lot about, oh, yeah. about the whole not being feminine enough. Oh, yes. So I always, I've said this over the weekend, we had this Shiro summit. It's like mm-hmm. a female hero uh, summit to kind of inspire more women, bringing women together, empowering everybody. And I always do the story and I say it in every talk I give. Like I remember this comment a guy posted on one of my videos of me lifting and he wrote, oh, this girl's never going to get married. She needs to find somebody stronger than her. And I was like, well, duh. Like, (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? Of course. I mean, of course, the guy doesn't have to be stronger than me, mm-hmm. but this is my life. And, you know, like whoever is going to come into my life has to accept it. But, yeah, I did get a lot, of, a lot of backlash. And I think mainly the backlash was you're a woman. You shouldn't be lifting mm-hmm. like you shouldn't look masculine or you shouldn't look manly. And on Instagram and on images of me competing, um, I look completely different because when you're lifting and when you're in the zone and when people are taking pictures of you and you're sweating and you're pumped, I look huge and I don't look huge in real life. And people, when people meet me, they're like, are you, are you Kiki? And I'm like, yeah, but you're so small. (laughs) Is that an insult? I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, am I supposed to be big? Um, (laughs) That's a bad kind of compliments that come with any sort of social media. I know. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, you're taller. You is look that, so much better than you do in your photos. No. Is that, is that <laughs> good or bad? Wow. Um, but yeah, honestly, uh, growing up, I always had broad shoulders. And people used to think, as a kid, people think like, I was a swimmer. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I've been in the pool once. Yay. <laughs> if that makes me a swimmer. Um, but people said that I had swimmer shoulders. And I didn't know what that was. And um I didn't, I didn't like my body. I hated my body growing up. I tried to be as skinny as I can possibly be because I wanted to fit in with the girls and I wanted to look like a girl. And I was flat chested and I broad and big quads like from the age of 14. And I'm like, God, why did you bless me with this? And I didn't understand it until I found CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And when I Googled CrossFit and I started watching videos of women doing CrossFit, they were tall, they were petite, they were short, they were big, they were small, they were muscular, they were a little chubby, they were, someone has a power belly. It doesn't freaking matter because it's not how your body looks, it's what you do. And I found myself within that element. And once I 
started embracing that and loving that I loved my body and I was like oh my god thank you for creating me because I can fit into this right but at the same time it was alien to humans here <laughs> and right. alien to especially men men were like oh my god she looks like a guy or she she acts like how she walks or um like why are you doing this mm-hmm. and I used to have friends guy friends who were like and then what And I'm like, what do you mean? And then what? And then what? What are you going to do? I'm like, what do you mean? And then what? what do you, I don't understand the question. They're like, you're going to do CrossFit. And then what? What is your end game? If you don't get first and if you don't reach some achievement, then, you know, you're not even going to get married because you're in social media and you're showing your body and you're doing this. And I'm like, why does it have to be an end game for me to right. either get first place and be somebody or get married eventually? <laughs> So they're like, I want it's like wedding bells. Have... Every time we mention the marriage pressure, I want yeah. wedding bells ring. It's like, it's like two options. You have to be somebody so powerful for people to accept you or just get married and get over it. And wow. when, when those are your options, those are my options. And yeah. I remember I had three friends and each of them said that to me. And I'm like, okay, you are no longer in my life because you don't understand my vision in the future. Because I know that. Me doing what I do right now, I am changing women's lives for the future. And women are more comfortable being themselves, whatever they are. And they're comfortable in competing in athletics because women here are so either afraid Mm -hmm. or their parents don't let them, even though they love being sporty. But they associate this sportiness with being a tomboy and being butch. And, oh, you're not going to get married because a man's not going to accept you being rough. And that's kind of like the things that were underlined under a woman in sport. Right. But you can be elegant. I mean, I've been in dresses at weddings and I put on a full face of makeup and I do my hair. And I used to wear heels, not so much anymore. But <laughs> it's because shoes are so comfortable and leggings are so comfortable. Um, but yeah, I do look like a, a quote unquote ladylike woman. Yes, I have broader shoulders. I have a little bit of traps and, you know, like big legs, but... I mean, I love them. So Girl, what? you look right? fierce. What are you talking about? <laughs> Amazing. The womanhood is all the attitude. And the yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. And if you can lift 200 kilos, then... Oh, one day, one day. <laughs> it's not 200, but one day. <laughs> Get there. That's the goal, right? The goal. <laughs> so, Elisa, you started Wimina. Yes. And what was it that you saw in, I guess, the region that made you think you needed to, or made you want to start uh, Wimina? Yeah, so it's a bit of a long story, but the gist is that I fell in love with the startup space mm-hmm. when I was about to move to the UAE. And I saw that there was a budding entrepreneurship scene, and I wanted to know how I could get involved. And I learned about this thing called angel investing. So mm-hmm. you invest small amounts of money into early stage, really, really early companies when it's like one or two people. Right. And not only are you helping them financially, but you actually get to mentor them and guide them. So like I had marketing knowledge. Mm-hmm. And for a techie who doesn't understand how to communicate with an audience, I would be able to help them strategically. Yeah. So I saw this as this amazing, you know, life hack to feel valuable and actually be able to help people. And when I moved to the UAE, that quickly turned into a network of mm-hmm. other women who saw the same value in it. And we helped facilitate about 3 million dirhams into um, 10 companies based in the Middle East. And then I think... The, the biggest element was I got bored. 
Mm-hmm. And I got really disenfranchised and, and like not disenfranchised, sorry. I got really um, uninspired. Mm-hmm. I got really uninspired with where my life was at and where it was heading. And I'm not a finance person. Yeah. And I got into the finance side of it because I saw an opportunity there. And at the time, I had a co-founder who was very corporate and like finance minded. Right. So I was just kind of going with the passion and our hype and the energy. And then once my co-founder left, I just realized I didn't want to continue to just service investors. And what I loved about the space was working with entrepreneurs and helping entrepreneurs. And a lot of women that end up empowering other women or a lot of people who find their purpose tend to notice that their purpose is linked to themselves and an experience that they had and helping the next person or the next generation overcome the struggles that they already went through. So that's exactly what I did. We launched Womina again, um, this time as an accelerator. So we actually set up a program for female-led startups in the Middle East, a program that I wish had existed, that I wish I would have had, that I could have been in, filled with the most amazing people that I've met along this journey. And then I wanted, I, I don't know, I like getting hype about these things. And right. in my team, I have the most amazing, talented people. So we pushed ourselves to start doing media around it. And we love media and we realized that media is the easiest way to change people's minds. So when people have a perception of what a Middle Eastern woman should be or is, mm-hmm. showing them the exact opposite of that is beautiful and it's the right. fastest way to make them believe otherwise you think an Emirati looks one way and then you show them me and then, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. and or me with biceps or you <laughs> with biceps yeah. right and and that's the that's phenomenal is you don't as a arab women we haven't controlled our narrative in the media for so mm-hmm. long so as women who both kind of are in the business world how often do you encounter sexism and sexist behavior Uh, overtly sexist, where the person is aware that they're doing sexist things. Well, I mean, we <laughs> or can go... Unaware or not aware. Sh- uh, unaware, aware, either one, go for it. Uh, unaware, I probably get every day. Okay. Um, and how does that, like, how does that kind of, I guess, rear its head? How do people, how are people being sexist unawarely, I guess, is the word. Um, I would give you an example. When sure. people come into my gym and I welcome them and I show them around... Um, and then I say, they say, okay, where's the owner? And I'm like, uh, I'm the owner. And they go, oh, you? And then they look <laughs> at me from top to bottom and I'm like, yes, me. <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? Well, maybe because I look 15. <laughs> I don't think you look 15. I know. I don't know what it is, but I think okay. they're probably either surprised that it's owned by a woman, but I think they're more surprised when they, when they, when I speak Arabic and they're like, Arabic? Yeah. Get, uh, you're you're Arab, and I'm like, yeah, I'm from here. You're you're Marathi. I'm like, yeah, I'm a Marathi. Yeah, <laughs> it's like an elusive unicorn. I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Um, what's so bad about that? But I think it just catches them off guard. Yeah. Yeah. They just uh, I, maybe it's just they don't accept. They don't expect it. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with your appearance yep. or comments about your appearance in mm-hmm. relation to the work that you're doing. So there's a difference when you walk in, someone goes, oh, wow, you look great, or you're beautiful, or I like that dress. But there's another one being like, oh, look at you coming in dressed like a woman, like you're trying to be professional, you know, on stage. Or, wow, you look very corporate for the stage today. That's interesting. or, Or comments about like, oh, it's so cute what you've done. Like, I've had people on my team, you know, one of the most amazing investment managers that I've met Mm -hmm. happens to be like five foot six Mm -hmm. and very petite and very has a very young face but she knows 
more about investment than most other people that I've met in this industry in the last six years. And she'll give a workshop and come off stage and the first comment will be, wow, you're, you were just so adorable when you were up there. Like, I just couldn't help but, <laughs> oh, but wow. think about, okay. you know, it was how rude. cute it is to, to hear a workshop from someone like you. Or, wow, I really wasn't expecting you to know anything because you just look so un unassuming and petite. And you're just looking like... Where, where do you come off saying something like that? Like yeah. those are, they don't, they might not realize. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the overt things mm -hmm. are, which I'm, we talked a little bit earlier um, before we came in about being in groups of men. Mm -hmm. And funnily enough, I run pretty much the only active women's network in the startup space that's mm -hmm. directly targeted for entrepreneurs. Right. And People know that. That's part of my brand. It's a very known brand right now in that ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And regardless, they will sit in front of me and look at me and still tell me things like, so don't take this personally. But we were having a conversation about who was hotter amongst this female investor here and this accelerator manager here, these two girls. And who do you think I could take home tonight? Or I will oh, wow. clearly hear like obscene rumors getting started where some man from the ecosystem is bragging about some sort of sexual exploit with a person that I know very well, referencing an evening where I was at with them the entire time knowing that something didn't happen. So I know it's a lie and it's a blatant rumor, but it was just whatever it is, male egos, macho. machismo. <laughs> and, and I come back and I have to literally like crack a whip and put them back into place and be like, I'm so sorry, I was there. That did not happen. Yeah. No, no, no. But you didn't realize. No, no. It did not happen. Don't start spreading lies about certain things. Um, and I'll hear those very, very clearly. Or let's be honest. You know, I'm going for a bid with somebody else. And then somebody will turn to me and be like, look, we love what you guys are doing. It's really, really great. But... You know, I, I've gone to primary school with this guy. We are in the same gym. We work out together. So mm. just keep to your thing. You should make it a nonprofit. Like, don't try to be a business owner. Don't try to make this a business. It's a cute little woman's thing. And I'll just be like, oh, thank so, you. <laughs> so how do you then, how do, they, how do you then combat that or deal with that? Like, what do you, what do you, what's your next step when someone does something like that? Um, so I'll pick my battles, mm. uh, mostly because if I, burn too many bridges, mm. then I'm no longer privied mm. to the comments that I'm currently privy to. Mm. So it shocks me that they will say certain things when I'm around or to me mm. about other people that are blatantly misogynistic or sexist. And yet I haven't, you know, I haven't scared them away. So right. I need to know what I'm fighting. Right. right? Okay. If I'm fighting a bias, I need to understand that bias. So I will sometimes either strike up a conversation. Um, at a party a few weeks ago, I was painting mm -hmm. and somebody started painting on the same canvas next to me. And this man turns out to be somebody who believes that women's places in the kitchen, mm -hmm. also a millennial, by the way, a millennial Lebanese guy who believes women's places in the kitchen. And by men allowing women to work, it is therefore emasculating all men and what? removing, yeah, wow. and removing like the need for men in this world. And that, Aww. what else, what, what are men going to have left? <laughs> I know. His poor ego. No, but it, immediately, you I'm there no sitting like all zen here. and peace and hippie, you know, painting yeah. this thing. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying next to this guy. So I, I'm not going to attack him with knowledge. I'm going to ask him, where are your biases stemming from? 
on that way. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. Why do you think that? Does your yeah. mother like this? Mm. Are you in a relationship? How does your partner feel about this? And what are your expectations? Do you think that your worth is tied to the money that you make? And mm -hmm. how about when you go out? What if your girlfriend wants to treat you or pay for something? How does yeah. that feel? And therefore, I get to understand it. So it's not always attacking the person. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I will if there's a blatant lie happening in front of me that's yeah. defaming a person. But otherwise, it's I think it's a lot more valuable for my role to really understand all of the different elements that come into play regionally in the in the male mindset. Okay. Why are we so scary, guys? <laughs> <laughs> because they know. Yeah, they know. We're so, going to rule the world one day. <laughs> Beyonce well, loves it. <laughs> Damn it, Beyonce. Why you got to talk? Girl, keep it on the DL. Keep it on the DL. I'm just going to sit here quietly. Okay. <laughs> You're helping us, by the way. You're That's just the helping point. us. <laughs> so I guess, what would you ask of or say to the men out there listening in the region uh, to make it better for the next generation of women growing up in the Middle East? What do you want them to do or what do you want them to hear or how do you want them to change? I want to say once and for all that feminism is about equal opportunity for men and women. It is not one gender superior to another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that if you believe that your partner or your sister or your mother should have equal opportunity to achieve something or have access to something, then you are a feminist. And it's not a dirty word and it's not violent and it's not aggressive. It's not bad, yeah. Hashtag we're all feminists, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I, I would say... Um, Men should definitely embrace it because women are so incredible and men will learn so much from women. Not because we know better, but we have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And throughout the generations and generations and generations of men doing everything, we've learned everything from men. So we've taken what we've learned from men and we've put a you know, a more uh, feminine <laughs> or like a different, we're giving them a different perspective. Right. And when men um, see that perspective, they can also take advantage of that. Well, not take advantage, but I mean, learn from that. Okay. So I have three questions, which I ask all the guests that come on. Um, so what is the part of your culture that you grew up in that you carry with you always? I have like four cultures. Pick one. <laughs> Pick one. My culture is the third culture. Yeah. Third culture kid, TCKs. Um, look, the one thing is really my culture mm. is third culture. I yeah. have the Arab side, I have an American side, and I was born and raised in Europe. So for me, the one thing that I take with me is open-mindedness and understanding mm. that every person can see the same thing differently yeah. and to take the time to hear them out and understand where their perspective is coming from. Mm -hmm. That is so important and that can really help us move mountains. What about you, Sheikha? What was the question? I was so what distracted the... by moving mountains. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I could lift that one. <laughs> what is the part of your culture that you carry with you always? Part of my culture? Mm -hmm. Do you want me to be completely honest? Yes. I don't know where my culture is. Yes, okay. girl, third culture I kid also. I don't, I really, I grew up, my parents studied in the UK, they studied in America, they moved here, and 
I was completely lost all my life trying to fit in left and right. I've never been to the U.S., mm-hmm. but I'm highly influenced by the West and highly influenced by Europe as well. If you don't have an answer, that's fine too. I really, I don't know. I don't because then I don't I'll have throw a, you the second question. I don't have a, I don't have a culture. I don't, I don't know what my culture is. Okay. I'm just me, and I'm being. <laughs> okay. I'm just being it. Oh, what no, it's it's no it's, mistake. It's <laughs> deep shit. <laughs> honestly, I don't know. I I can't label it. Honestly, okay. yeah. <laughs> so, what is the quality you most value in the people you keep around you? Cool. One second. <laughs> the cool quality. Question, the quality. The quality. The quality. I swear, like these are like deep questions. <laughs> maybe in my head, maybe in my head they're just deep. The quality that I value the most mm-hmm. with the people that are, I think, acceptance and tolerance. Okay. Um, I'm constantly surrounded by uh, such diverse people from every edge of the world, different beliefs, different religions, different whatever it is. And when I am in um, a space where... None of that matters because we're just doing sport. We're training. We're having fun. And then we get pancakes. Not every day. Um, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that is what drew me to CrossFit because it really doesn't matter. It's just you're, you're a human being. It's what your body does. And even what your body does doesn't define you. It's just how, how you feel, how hard you push, and just, like, have fun. It's amazing. <laughs> I love – honestly, I think – Throughout my life, I take so many things so seriously. And when I'm around the people that are around me, they remind me to have fun. Mm, that's amazing. That's it. Yeah, they, they remind me to have fun. Like all of that doesn't really freaking matter. Just have fun. Yeah. Cool. What about you? Um, yeah, the quality for me would be like genuine energy yeah. mm. and honesty and yeah. a self-awareness of who you are. The people that are really closest to me have a really strong self-identity. Yeah. And they don't judge others for mm. their own identity. I think a lot of the times um, the negative, the negativity in our lives and that toxicity is brought about by people who are trying to be something other than themselves yeah. and trying to make mm-hmm. you something other than yourself. Yeah. And so that's like my baseline for whether or not we're going to hang out. Okay. Are we like going to hang out? We're already oh, hanging yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> She's like closest to me. I'm like, I'm close. <laughs> I'm close. We close. <laughs> okay. So the last question is, what makes you happy? Those closest to me make me happy. Um, and there's so much that makes me happy. I'm very lucky. I get to, I'm really like finely tuned to little things mm-hmm. that make me happy. Like, so what are some of the little things that make you happy? Like, uh, a beautiful flower that sounds so cheesy and feminine but like i just like a beautiful little flower existing and like it grew and it just has been through this entire journey and i've been stressing about like a deadline that does not matter to this flower um but yeah nature and and sunshine and laughter and just the people around me blossoming and being themselves and just killing it and being the best versions of themselves they can be and watching that change and that growth happen um all that all that kind of like growth whether it's the flower that's growing or my friends (laughs) you want to get deep with the questions bro real poetic with the answers no it's good this is what you guys should learn from women we think deep 
a he lot. He's asking okay, the questions, so, though. Yeah, but it could be something so simple. If a guy was here, he'd be like, cars. <laughs> hey. Money. No, I'm joking. That is not the kind of quick answers we got. And I did the, the, the guy episode yesterday. So I can tell you that. <laughs> I have the recordings to prove it. What about you? What makes me happy? Um, uh, training. I love training. If I could, God, if you can give me the energy to train 24 hours, I will train 24 hours. It's just, I don't know what the feeling is when you get in that. I know it's so cliche, get in that zone. But it's just something about training that makes me just block everything. Mm -hmm. And then it's just me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I moved your mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Wah! all over the place. Um, it's something about me in that time frame where I'm just focused on what I need to do at that moment and that nothing else exists. That makes me happy because I feel like I'm con content in my own element at that moment. And then there's other stuff like carpool karaoke <laughs> with my sister. Okay. Um, I thought you meant the show. Yeah, no, I thought, no, yeah, no. So did I for a second. No, 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 in the car. All right, well, thank you guys so much for being on this episode. Thank you for having thank us. You. It was, it was yeah. amazing. Um, where can people find out more about you and Womina and stuff? Yeah, so um, you can go to the website, womina.com, or we're on social media at Womina. My social media is at Freha. Okay, we'll put all of that in the episode description. What about yeah. you, Sheikha? It's at Kiki for CrossFit. Um, and my website is uh, sheikhaofqasimi.com. Okay, yeah. also going to be in the episode description. Awesome. All right, so thanks to everyone for listening. And as always, I love your comments and messages, so keep them coming. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Rami, or wherever you are listening. Join me next week for another episode of Millennial Mirrors. This is Mshari Ranezi signing out. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.